Vision Christian Radio bumper stickers are a practical way to show the world how much you love vision. New stickers are available now. Choose the I Love Vision sticker or your local frequency and proudly display your affiliation with Australia's national Christian radio network. It's more than just a sticker, it's a statement and might help someone you'll never meet discover vision and start looking to God daily. Whether you're parked or cruising through town, vision bumper stickers will turn heads and spark conversations. Stick it, show it, and let everyone know you're tuned to vision. Available now at vision.org.au slash stickers. Order your vision bumper sticker today. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, no doubt you've been watching television or social media and you're faced with what is almost embarrassing admissions of prominent lawyers and politicians and scientists who can't define what a woman is. Let's come around a topic like this today and always to get into these sorts of issues with David Robertson. It is just a pleasure. David Robertson is director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans and back with us once again. David, welcome back to 2020. Yeah, it's good to be back with you and to discuss what is, uh, I think, a fascinating subject. But one, if you or I 10 years ago had said, let's discuss this, you say, what, Why? You know, but I think everyone knows why now. Everyone knows why. It's a, a no doubt an issue of identity, and people are confused about that. Why is it you think we're even asking the question, David? Um, because of something that occurred in the late 1960s, early 1970s, where something called queer theory, that's what it called itself, came into gender studies and so on. And there became this, it taught that there was a separation between body and spirit, what your body was and what you felt you were. And it's all tied in with identity. And just over the past few years, there has been this mass movement in terms of transgender of people saying, well, I was born with... um, uh, you know, I was born in a male body, but now I'm certain that I've got a, a, you know, I'm actually a female. And this has become such an issue. For some reason, our elites have been taken over by this. It's become such a dominant issue that in some countries, if you were to say that you believe that a man cannot be pregnant, you'd be guilty of hate speech. Um, and it worries me a little bit in, in Australia that we may be heading that direction. And in some sense, if we're not there already, you can allow adults to have an adult conversation about such things. But when it's children and teenagers who are in the firing line, and it appears to be that's happening in our schools, uh, young people are uh, oftentimes faced with an increased uh, dysmorphia, the way that uh, that sexuality has come into question, it's filtered down. And our children and our teenagers are the ones who are bearing the brunt of something that is really something that's become a confusion for adults. What are your thoughts here about what's happening? Well, I think it is because, and again, a, a story that for me is very significant. When I was back in Scotland, I remember a seven-year-old girl coming back from her school and her mother saying, how are you, sweetheart? And the girl burst into tears and 
what's wrong? He said, well, mom, am I a boy or a girl? Well, you're a girl, of course. Well, teacher says I can be either. You know, I can be what I want to be. And I think when that is being taught in schools, uh, when there's a, a social contagion that occurs as well, particularly on the Internet and through social media, that people, if children are being taught, you can choose to be a boy or a girl. I mean, when you're three years old, you think you're a dog or something. You know, you might want to be a dinosaur. You, th there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on. Now, we need to be careful because there are people, and I've worked with people and know people, who genuinely suffer from what is called gender identity disorder. In other words, they do genuinely feel, I, I, you know, that I am uh, a man in a girl's body or whatever. But uh, an awful lot of what is going on today isn't that. And beside which, if someone does feel that, it doesn't mean to say that you treat what is a disorder of the mind by mutilating the body, which is what is happening. There are hospitals in Australia which offer double mastectomies to teenagers, which is unbelievable. Uh, and puberty blockers are, in some sense, it's, it's like medical castration. It's really quite extraordinary that we've got uh, in some states in Australia, in Victoria already, in Tasmania coming, in New South Wales coming, in Queensland as well, anti-conversion therapy laws, uh, basically about things like praying, as far as I can see, but at the same time, they allow medical interventions for people to convert their gender. It seems to me completely messed up. Some are saying, what's wrong with doctors today who are setting aside centuries of medical science and they are letting that be overruled by basing their actions and their diagnosis and their treatments basically on the feelings of the patient? Feelings have become all important. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, when I was, well, a few years ago, you know, working with a lot of uh, teenagers in my church, uh, for a lot of teenage girls, uh, anorexia or bulimia were serious issues. You know, I, there were two people I almost buried. One was a boy, actually. And in, in anorexia, they believed they could weigh, they could be as skinny as a rake, and they believed they were fat. Now, nobody argued, well, if you feel that you are fat, you are fat. And you need to stop eating food. Nobody argued that. So I'm confused as to why people think this is the right thing to do now. And, and to be honest, in uh, Australia, dare I say, is a bit behind the times because uh, in Scandinavia, in the UK, um, they are really now beginning to question this. And in fact, I think in Sweden uh, and in the Scandinavian countries, they've actually made uh, gender transition surgery and, and things like that for teenagers illegal. Um, they, they, are, they have pulled back from it all because they've seen the harm that has occurred. And, you know, most of your listeners will, will understand what that harm is. But for some reason, there are people who's, who have been caught up in this ideology. And it's ideology. It's not you and I have discussed on previous programs, things like the science of climate change and so on. There isn't science which says that you can be born in the wrong body or uh, think of this phrase. This phrase makes no sense whatsoever. Even, even the Australian government starts using this phrase now, and it says, the, the sex assigned at birth. Your sex is not assigned at birth. The hospital doesn't go and say, oh, we've had too many boys, let's make this one a girl. That's not how it is. The sex is what you are, and to divorce sex from gender as well is an ideological position which does an enormous amount of harm. Now, I also need to say this. 
that it's very important that gender expression can be different. But to say that gender and your biological sex are completely separate is ludicrous. We'll get on to what the Christian believes as to what the Bible teaches in just a few moments. But it's there's a sense that there's no even playing field in the debate. And there can't be as long as you are outlawed from even using words like disorder or suggesting that someone has a period of brokenness or that there's some sort of sickness. You can't actually say that those things are uh, something that's disrupted to a normal person's development uh, without actually even sometimes breaking the law. So it's very difficult for people to actually understand that there is a different side of a debate. Uh, they're inclined to be believing what they're told in the media. Yeah, I, and and there's another worrying thing that's coming up here. Um, the Australian government are apparently about to propose that there would be a misinformation bill. Now, it depends what we mean by misinformation. But let's say I uh, and I used Twitter used to be like this. If I put on Twitter that a man cannot become a woman, which is fairly obvious that a man cannot become pregnant, I would could and have been banned for saying that because it's put down as misinformation. Now, if the Australian government starts saying, well, hang on, if you say that a man can't become a woman, that's misinformation. Then we've entered into the realms of an extreme censorship in favour of an ideology which is both unscientific and harmful. Let's talk about Christians and the Bible. I mean, there's some fairly standard and basic principles back to the creation narrative, but how do you reflect on Christians getting a biblical foundation about how you deal with some of these issues? Well, you know, here in Australia, we have a wonderful resource, several wonderful resources, but I'm thinking of a couple of people called Rob and Claire Smith, who are real experts in this area, and there are others as well. And, uh, and Patricia Veracum as well. She's another one. Rob Smith has a book out called How Should We Think About Gender and Identity? It's not a massive book, but it's brilliant. It's biblical, 128 pages. Um, it's, it's a relatively new one. So for me, that, that, that's where we go. I, I start with, in the beginning, God made us male and female. And... That's where I want to stick. I, I think that spiritually the forces behind this are, now I have to be careful in saying this, I'm not saying that transgender people are demonic or demonly possessed, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying, uh, as Paul says to Timothy, in, in the last days there will come those who teach doctrines of demons, and I think this dismantling of humanity is a demonic doctrine. The removal of male and female the creation of 150 plus gender identities, the confusion that's been sown amongst children, the abuse that comes from that, the, the sexualization of young people because of this. I think all of that is profoundly disturbing and profoundly evil. Now, again, I put a qualification on it. Please don't misunderstand saying that about transgender people. I've, I've, I've known and do know uh, transgender people, but I'm saying once you start teaching that male and female are changeable categories or just two of 150 categories or we can swap or we're in between no th then it becomes um forgive the expression but i think it does become hellish it's a teaching that it does so much harm and damage
So the Genesis account created in God's image, male and female, as simple as that sounds, because it's not a complicated thing at all, as simple as that sounds, that's where the profound truth is going to lie. And if you're working through some dysphoria and confusion, then that is a very good place to start. Now, it's interesting as we talk about these sorts of things, uh, about where you go and what sort of help you get, because in some states right now, uh, you can't even ask help from the church uh, and you can't ask help from doctors. You've got to go to a specialised doctor who's happy to tell you what you want to hear. So getting some help and turning around, uh, is there somewhere in perhaps those authors that you mentioned or is there something in uh, articles that people can go to just to uh, get a start yeah. on, on changing direction? Well, again, this is this is brand new out. Um the, the Gender Revolution, a Biblical, Biological and Compassionate Response by Patricia Verakun with Robert Smith and Kamal Verakun. Um, I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think it's really helpful. I think we're, we're running into trouble uh, in, in the culture purely and simply because, well, for example, there's a, a psychiatrist, psychologist up in Queensland who lost her job because she began to question what was being done. Now, this has happened also in the UK. And as Christians, actually, we need to be in the forefront of questioning this and of standing up for children. And I actually also think this. I think we need to stand up for women's rights. I think that is fundamentally important. I believe that women were liberated by Christianity. Uh, and I think that as we move away from Christianity, we're moving into a much more misogynistic world where women's rights are being undermined, ironically, by people who call themselves progressive. So um, there are there are plenty people who uh, are, are making a stand on this. I, might, I think we need to uh, stick with them and help them. I think, you know, there are politicians who are making a stand. I do believe that the two books that I've mentioned are enormously helpful, especially for parents and young people and church leaders. When we're talking to people who might be seeking direction, um while it might not be appropriate, even as you say, uh, to you know use words like deliverance uh, or mm -hmm. even healing might be an issue, uh, for people to be seeking some sort of restoration. This is a very biblical term, you know, restoration, reconciliation. Uh, is, are these good places to start, do you think, David? Well, I think they are. And I think also in terms of identity, uh, we, we all... We, we, we can, first of all, all have this in common. We're all human beings. We're all made in, in the image of God. We're all sinful. We all need healing. We all need forgiveness. We all re need renewal. We all need to be born again. We all need that. And I think that's where the Christian gospel has such an advantage because we're not coming to people and saying, look, you need to change and become like me. We're saying we all need to change as well. And that that is such a... Um, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to offer to people because I, I would say to my transgender brother or sister, I would say, I'm broken too. I'm, I'm the same as you. And that healing and restoration comes through Christ. And maybe ultimately you won't receive it in its fullness until you go to heaven. But right now your biggest need is to come to know who Jesus is, seek his forgiveness and receive newness of life and ultimately a new body because Christianity doesn't divorce the body and the spirit and that again is a wonderful thing and also I, there are 
I can think of one transgender um, girl, well, she was a girl who wanted to be a boy, who almost transitioned, then detransitioned. And she told me, the reason I wanted to detransition was I hated being female. I thought being female was wrong. And one of the things she came to realize was there's nothing wrong with being a woman. And there isn't. I came across a wonderful quote. It said, being a woman is not a feeling, it's God's gift. And uh, in line with what you're saying there, uh, it's a good thing. And we were we started our conversation with that that comment, didn't we? Uh, what is a woman? And it's led us down to a whole lot of different issues. And for listeners who want to take things a little deeper or just to connect with some more articles on how you might deal with these sorts of things, David Robertson is director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans. There is a website you can go to and no doubt there'll be some resources there, articles that you can look at that give a biblical connection to how you can make sense of some of the things that are quite confusing in society right now. Ask.org.au Ask is about evangelism. Uh, David is a writer for newspapers, magazines. He's the author of a bunch of books, including The Dawkins Letters and Engage with Atheists. He's got another book called Ask, and his latest book is called Seek. You can connect with David at ask.org.au. David Robertson, thanks so much for sharing your insights once again today on 2020. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.